0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Australian Herptoculture Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. And I'm your co-host, Luke. How you going, buddy? Yeah, good, dude. Good. It's all right.
1: It's I haven't been doing much with the reptiles. I actually went down to the country to see my, see my mum over the weekend. Oh, so yeah? So nice. Whereabouts? Down in Yass. So just outside of, what, 40 minutes north of Canberra or thereabouts. So yep. Yeah, it was good. For Mother's Day. Yeah, for mum. Just thought I'd go and show my face.
0: Yeah, just sneaking any herping while you are down there? Unfortunately not. But, you know, <laughs> had to had to make it about mum. But, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. What about you? How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Busy with work as usual. Nothing really changes too much on that side of things. But yeah, did the old uh, Mother's Day on the weekend. So saw my family on Saturday and then just kind of did some stuff with the kids and the missus on Sunday. Oh,
1: so, awesome!
0: Yeah, pretty it was good weekend. Yeah, that's. I need one of those. I haven't had one of them for a while, so. Yeah, I suppose you had a bit of fun on the weekend too, because it looks like
1: you got a big black box behind you there.
0: Yeah, got the uh, enclosure rocked up finally. Screwed it all together, and um, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. Actually, it's super light. I carried that down myself once I um, put it all together basically put it on one shoulder and carried it. And it's 120 high, 600 deep by 900 wide. Yeah, so it's a big box. Yeah. So it's like four foot by three foot by two foot or something like that, I think.
1: If my- same same size as my roughy enclosure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Yeah.
1: But uh yeah, I can't carry that with one hand. That's for sure. Yeah. By, I was blown myself. away.
0: Because it, it, it came all flat-packed, so it was unreal. Basically, it came flat-packed, was sitting in the front door, and I was like, oh, this might be a bit heavy. And I picked it up. I'm like, oh, I can pick that up. And then I took off the, the packaging, and there was a fair bit of weight in the packaging as well. I'm like, oh, this thing's going to be real light. And I started pulling out all the pieces of PVC, and I'm like, oh, this is super light. So um screwed it all together and um, siliconed it all up, and I'll get ready to um, do a nice build in it. So, But if anyone's interested, check out uh, – TNR reptile enclosures on Facebook, and um, if you mention the podcast, you'll uh, give you ten percent off. So How's
1: that's pretty that?
0: sweet, yeah. So that's an awesome looking dude. after the listeners, yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm stoked with it, eh? So I can't wait to get it all planted up, and I might just chuck it together first because um got some boys on the way that I have got to pick up pretty soon, so I'll uh, oh, yeah. get it all together and get a nice background going separate out of the enclosure and when she's all ready I'll pull them out put them in and it'll look good
1: so awesome who are you getting the boys from
0: Matt Somerville oh, so, yeah getting two pairs off him so it'll be great I really I prefer to trio but you know
1: even two still pairs come
0: up I'm not going to knock them back so
1: no that's pretty good you could um, yeah. get a second one of those boxes and have some really nice display enclosures for some adult voids
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, yeah, I'd like to just have basically minimal animals now and more larger display enclosures just purely for time and maintenance-wise for myself. I just, yeah, lack the time to look after a large collection anymore, so I'm just going to get a few target species and set them up so they look nice and hopefully go from there. So,
1: uh, You know, you got to work within your means, right? Like it's no point getting a massive collection if you can't look after it or you don't have the time for it. Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. Because at the end of the day, the animals suffer. So, yeah, you know, I don't don't want that. So. but now I'm, I'm pretty pretty pumped on this. I might um peel all this plastic off and chuck a couple of pictures up so everyone can see. Have a quick squeeze, what it looks like there. So,
1: yeah, that would be good. I'm I reckon it'd be good it. for you to take a few photos the whole way through, just so you can kind of, you know, it just shows what the listeners are looking at and oh yeah, at exactly listening to rather. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but we no,
0: could. I'm super, I'm super impressed. So should 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 turn out pretty good, and and
1: you were saying the door is made out of
0: polycarbonate. Yeah, polycarbonate. So he was saying that that um, stops it warping, like the acrylic can warp. So yeah, we could. Um, yeah, but um, I might put a few extra safety latches on it, just me being me, because it is it like it's a little bit more flexy than glass, obviously. But and you know, I just get paranoid, so. I'll just put a few safety, extra safety latches. And I did it when I had my glass hinge doors as well, just in case they popped open. So it's just a bit At of paranoia le- on my behalf. Yeah. At least Boyds aren't too
1: kind of, you know, all over the shop and stuff. You know, it's the same as the frill neck. They're not really the kind of animals that, you know, go for the doors all the time or anything like that.
0: Yeah, pretty, exactly.
1: pretty sedentary most of the time.
0: Yeah. Beautiful display animals too. So that's what yeah. I'm keen on. Having them nice and displayed. So it's got a nice front, nice large front door on it too. So
1: that's sick. Have you ever had Boyds before?
0: Never kept Boyds. I've had angle heads, but not Boyds. So yeah, I
1: reckon you'll, I reckon you'll love these. If you've had angle heads, then they're they're pretty similar, just a larger, in my opinion, prettier
0: version of them. Yeah, I always want them. I don't know why I never, never got them. I don't know. I think it came down to cages. I just never had a cage suitable for them. So big enough for them because I like the exoterras, but you know the the larger exoterra i still thought like you could only house like probably a pair in those if that and you'd be pushing it i reckon yeah
1: i mean i i had like half ordered one of those 90 by 90 by 45 exoterras um awaiting for my my boys but i i yep. just pulled the plug on it i was like you know what it's just not deep enough if i'm going to do a background right. stuff in here that that's going to eat up space so I'd rather build something to the space that I've got that's a little bit bigger, yep. a little bit wider, and then if I do a background, I don't feel so guilty about eating into a bit of the space.
0: Yeah, I think that's the reason why I never did because those enclosures just weren't big enough, and I wanted to do a nice planted tank, but I didn't want to use melamine, so never never got around to getting any.
1: Oh, that's pretty exciting. That sounds like you found the the perfect option to kind of fit the niche for you.
0: Yeah, it'd be it'd be good to see how it goes. So I'm I'm pretty pumped. So. It's black too, so I like I like all the black stuff. I do too. It's so funny
1: going back and watching like uh, some of Coop's older tour videos of my place and there's like, you know, black enclosure here, white this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's all mixed mix match, yep. and all the rest of it. And now it's just like, okay, pretty much everything but that snake enclosure in the corner is all black.
0: You know, it's all kind of yeah
1: matching in. It's that O C D bug.
0: I actually watched one of Coop's videos today. Yeah. An old one on his boys when he's looking for the eggs. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. that's a nice glass enclosure. And then I read in the comments he, he made it himself or something. so Or got it made, I think. Oh, I think him and his dad made it. Yeah,
1: okay. He's, he, his dad, um, Terry's his dad. Uh, he's really handy on stuff. So him and Coop get into it together. I think they just kind of share that that side of things, especially building enclosures and his blue tongue hutches and all that sort of stuff. They, uh yeah. Whip up some good stuff out of some, you know, recycled materials. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a good size of glass enclosure because I thought, oh, is that like a. Because then I I second guessed myself. I'm like, oh, I could go and haul glass ones. He can see all through it. And then I thought he'd made it. Yeah, he'd made it. And I was like, oh, no, I'm happy with my one. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I I think his one's actually
1: the same size as yours, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, it looks similar. It looked really deep. It looked actually deeper than mine. But now that I'm looking at my enclosure, I'm like, actually, no, it probably is about the same depth. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah. No, That's keen, cool. real keen, just to get a nice little setup going.
1: Hey, have you, um, have you received your care package from Ashhorn
0: yet? Oh, uh, yes, I have actually. Yeah, shout out to Ash. So, I'm actually looking forward to chucking that in here. So, he sent me up some uh, tropical soil mix. Um and I'm real keen to give it a well. Haven't actually opened the bag yet because I do want it to dry out. So what about you? Have you got yours? Yeah, I got mine. I couldn't believe
1: how much dirt he sent up, to be quite honest. My my mother in law took took delivery of it and it was uh pouring down rain when she got it and she's like, I just had to try to push him under cover as much as I could. She's um yeah, I think I got about sixty kilos worth of arid arid soil mix yeah. that he made up for us. So I'm really excited to to give yeah, this a so well. Am I. So for all our listeners out there make sure you go and check out AK reptiles and I think AK custom backgrounds as well on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um Ash is going hard and fast and he's going to be creating some cool products I reckon for the the reptile world going forward here in Australia.
0: Yeah, definitely hit him up. He's got some good stuff. So no I'm, I'm real keen to give it a try. It looks really good. Yeah, it's um there's not many people kind of really mucking
1: around with soil mixes and stuff for vivariums here in Australia so I'm keen. I'm going to be using most of this in, I think, at Gillen's monitor build that I've yep. got planned. That should be pretty Yeah, fun. no, that'd
0: be good. good to watch come along. Yeah, so I've, I've got, yeah, I think I've got about 60 litres as well. It came like nicely packed and the only thing is that it rained that day. So where am I? carport is it floods it comes down the carport and the box has got drenched so i've gone to pick up the box lifted the box up and only the box all the soil just like all the bags just stayed on the ground it was hilarious <laughs> I'm, my wife's like oh, i was gonna move me in for you but i couldn't lift it i'm like no that's all right it's like the soil's fine it's in a plastic bag don't worry about it so <laughs> oh,
1: well rainforest soil supposed to be wet right
0: yeah exactly i'm just glad it didn't go everywhere but i mean we've got some pretty rough couriers around here so it wouldn't surprise me if they just drop the box on the ground so
1: yeah, I think it's pretty similar here to be honest as well. Yeah. So we got some exciting news to kind of announce to everyone as well. We're um yeah. we're gonna be attending the Penrith Penrith, Penrith Reptile Expo. <laughs> uh, hosted by the Hawkesbury Herpetological Society.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty keen for that. Really looking forward to that. I was gonna just go along as a as a visitor, but we're gonna have yeah. a, a nice little table set up. So if you're there. Come by and say hello. Yeah, we'd love to meet well, a few um,
1: people and say good day. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And you can see our ugly mugs and see who we are. I mean, you've seen Luke's before, but not many people have seen mine, so
1: <laughs> no, that's everyone else's bad luck for seeing my hairy face exactly. on TV yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, we're really we're really appreciative. The the Hawkesbury Herpetological Society reached out to us and said, you know what, guys, we'd would like to have you along and and uh, give you a booth and you know, you know, just kind of give us a leg up into the, the scene again. So, really excited. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff on. So, for those of you who don't know, the the expo is on the 23rd of May. So it's only around the corner. Uh, it's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, adult tickets are 10 bucks each, and kids are five bucks. I'm not sure if they're doing a family pass or anything like that. I haven't mm. seen anything along that lines, but. Man, there's going to be so much cool stuff stuff there. So apart from just the breeders, the thing that Penrith do really well is they have a whole bunch of other people there doing shows and and bits and pieces. Yep. So I'm actually really excited to catch up with uh, Rex from the Alice Springs Reptile Center because I got to go and have a bit of a private <laughs> tour with him when I was up there Unreal. in February. Um, you're going to have the fat... St- Bats group there, so the Frog and Tadpole Study Group, which is pretty cool because most expos you don't see too much to do with frogs, so they usually bring yeah. a whole bunch of display frogs and stuff along, so you can kind of have a, a geezer a few frogs that you probably wouldn't see all the time. Um, there's going to be live reptile displays there too, so they kind of get out a whole bunch of lizards and snakes and all the rest of it to kind of show the kids and all the rest of it. Um, what else is there? There's actually going to be some bet- vets from the North Richmond Vet Hospital as well, so that's pretty cool to have some vets on on board at an expo i think just so if you you want to talk problems with your reptiles or whatever you can kind of pick some brains and you know maybe get some advice i think that's always good um i think the guys from the reptile park might be down there as well and uh yeah there should should be 40 odd reptile breeder tables i think so i dare say there is going to be a hell of a lot of reptiles to see and have a gander out so definitely worth coming along so not only to speak to us but you know to. Check out everybody else that's there. Oh, I forgot to mention too, John can's going to be there as well, which is, you know, if you don't know who John Cann is, I think you need to get out from underneath the rock. But he's an absolute <laughs> legend in the reptile hobby, um, not only for keeping reptiles, but his work with Australian freshwater turtles and and uh, he was a snake man of La Perouse as well. So, yeah. yeah, living icon right there.
0: Definitely. No, I'm super excited. I've never actually been to the Penrith Expo, so... I'm pretty keen to get along to this one. I've heard it was one of the bigger and better ones. I've been to the on numerous times, but I'm super keen to go to this one. So I've been uh, flicking through the page and seeing all the stuff they got lined up and I cannot wait. So I think it's gonna, gonna, gonna be a be hell kidding. of a day, man. Yeah, I reckon too. We might even try and get a bit of audio recorded and maybe do a few interviews with some people if they're if they're open for it. So
1: Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Maybe even yeah. try like a live, 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 live Facebook video or something of the sorts as well just to, you know, for the people that can't come along or something, we might be able to do something like that just so they can have a bit of a gander to what's going on.
0: Yeah, so if you don't like the page or the Instagram page, get along and like them. So we might do a live stream so you can see what, what we're up to. should you? be good
1: fun. Yeah. I'm definitely, definitely going to have to get John Cannon to sign this beast of a book. That is a so, – I'm going to have to go out and buy that book before I go, yeah, I think. So. You're definitely going to have to. So for the listeners at home, I'm holding up the, the, the Freshwater Turtles of Australia Bible that John Cann has put together. It is an absolute masterpiece of a book. It's a massive book, hey?
0: Well, that's a, yeah. That's a solid book. A Solid book. How many pages is it? It looks like 300, 300 or something? Uh,
1: 448 is the back page. Wow. That's a solid so, book. It's a massive book. But yeah, it's got so much natural natural history in there. It's got all sorts of things to do with like um there's a fair bit of indigenous bits and pieces through here as well, which is oh, quite excellent.
0: cool. I yeah. love seeing
1: that sort of stuff incorporated into into these reptile books because it all goes hand in hand. Um, yeah, but yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool. I think I am going to have to bring along a, a crate or something to cart it around <laughs> in though because it's a, it's heavy. Looks heavy. It's a big book. It's a few kilo, I reckon.
0: It's a lot of yeah. paper. Well, I've just got a couple of books sitting here that I've got the last over the last weeks or, week or so, and they're heavy, but nowhere near as, as big as that one. So,
1: What have you got hanging over there? You finally dug them out of storage.
0: No, these are new ones. <laughs> so these got delivered. I've got the uh, – what have I got? I have the Reptiles of Australia, A Complete Guide to Reptiles of Australia by Steve Wilson and Jerry Swan. So that's uh, a good uh, field guide book. So – being an avid book collector, I've got all of these ones. So I've actually got two copies of this. I've got a signed one and a one I can read and, and use. So if it gets a little bit beaten up, you know, it's not too bad. So and I keep the signed copy on the shelf. <laughs> um, what else did I pick up? I picked I think I spoke on the first episode, maybe or not. I can't remember if it's the first or second. The complete knobtail gecko by Justin Julander and Michael Plank.
1: Yeah, that's a so, good one.
0: Have you got that one?
1: Yeah, I, was, I think we talked about it, but um, my wife got it for Chrissy. Oh, that's me. right, you did, yeah. She got it like flown out from the US and by Express or something, by Justin. That's so right, yeah, I think I was one of the first in Oz with it.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading that one. Um, I picked up a few of the, um, um, what are they called? The, I've got A Guide to Australian Pythons in Captivity by Adam Elliott and A Guide to Reptiles and Amphibians. Reptile uh, health and disease. So I've got a few copies of those ones, but I was just if I see copies anywhere, I just grab them because they're they're out of print. So it's always handy to have spare copies. oh so for everybody that's looking
1: for those copies and are looking at the eBay listings where they're thirteen hundred dollars <laughs> each, this is wise because Jason's driving up the price by buying them all.
0: Yeah, well, someone's going to do it. So <laughs> I'm not one oh, awesome. selling them. Yeah. I just hoard them. So but being a member on that um, Facebook page where the Reptile Book Collectible page. Some of the guys, you see some of their the stacks of books and it's like they've got like 10 copies of one book. Yeah. I just have like two or three of one book. But um, when I ordered the one off um, Steve Wilson, the um, Reptiles of Australia, I actually also got a uh, Reptiles of the Southern Brigalow belt, which is like a little um, small little paperback copy, which is 2008. So it's oh, um, cool. a little field guide for the Brigalow belt. Um, it's awesome. Shows you the like sizes of the monitors compared to like body parts. So like Frecklebon, Veranus It's got like a picture of an arm and then the size of the monitor next to it. So that's um that's pretty pretty handy little book. So yeah, cool. Um, I'd love to get up there and have a look at the Brigolo belt one day. So it'd be a pretty handy little book as well. So it's got like banded sand swimmers and everything else in it. And also last but not least, Reptiles of Victoria by Peter Robertson and John Coventry. Oh, cool. So, it's Can't say I've seen there. that book. No, neither had I. I was, on, um, was actually um, on Booktopia and I was just looking for a dinosaur book for my son, basically A to Z of dinosaurs. And I was like, oh, while I'm on here, I'll just type in reptiles in the search bar and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that book before. So added that one into the card as well and then that kind of gave me the, the basically free postage. so. Oh, we could you know, spend a little bit extra and get free postage. I spent more than the postage, but, you know.
1: But you got yourself a book?
0: Yeah, exactly. But then I didn't realize when I bought the book, the book that I ordered for him was on back order, so that hasn't shown up yet, so.
1: Oh, so you got his your book before him?
0: That's yeah, but I didn't tell him he'd got a book yet, so I'll surprise him with it. So I've read it to him before, but every night, so. Oh, cool. It'll be good. I oh, actually, yeah, um,
1: yeah, I ordered another book, um, Recently on on suggestion from Eric, actually, it's uh, called Wild Habitats, A Natural History of Australian Ecosystems by Alan Fox. Um, basically, it's from what I can tell, it's, it's just like awesome scenery shots as well as yeah. like a bit of kind of like um, fauna and stuff and flora that's going to be in that mm-hmm. sort of area as well. So, you know, he basically said, you know, for you making all these naturalistic enclosures and stuff, this is just going to be yeah. like a, you know, absolute game changer so you can actually just be sitting down and instead of getting onto Google and looking up all these sort of ecosystems and things, I've got a book for it now. So
0: yeah, no, you that'll see be me pretty a good. Of that. I might have to try and track that one down as well. I actually got it off uh off eBay. I think it was only fifty bucks. Oh, really? So it's not, wow, not too right. bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it looks like a pretty decent book. I think he showed it off on one of his carpets and coffee episodes on YouTube. So yeah. Just happened to be one that I was actually watching. So I saw the book in
0: in the video as well. So that was quite but, cool. Yeah, because I tend to just listen to those those ones. I don't actually watch the YouTube. So
1: yeah, same nah. same as me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just don't have, don't have the time to watch YouTube. So when I do, it's usually toilet break at work. So it's not it's pretty short. Not two hours for a podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you so. go. And you showed me another one before we started as well. A nice little that one. Yeah, oh that's a doozy. That one I like that.
1: Yeah, I'll get a real kick out of this one. So this is a field guide to Central Australia, a natural history companion for the traveller. It's by, I'm going to butcher this name, Penny Van Oystersee, I think it is. Um, But, yeah, basically it's just about like the the central of Australia, you know, all the kind of arid country and, you know, plants and birds and wildlife and all sorts of stuff in between there. It's got kind of details on what, you know, there's like food items and stuff like bush tucker and all sorts in there as well as like a few reptiles in between. That's um, awesome yeah really cool book hey it's um I, I found it really handy just to kind of be able to have like that sort of imagery again to kind of come home to and yeah. have a look at and you know it doesn't have every reptile out there or anything like that it's not a reptile field guide by any means but it's got kind of like some of the big main ones and stuff you know you got your parentes and freckle monitors and a few dragons yeah. and stuff like that in there so that's pretty cool
0: that's um, pretty good it's got the little bush tucker guide in it yeah yeah I, i'm pretty sure it does from memory but
1: there's like, a, yeah, a few different kind of like berries and flowers and bits and pieces in there as well. You know, all the different types of trees. There's tons of stuff on on um, on the trees and the plants and stuff of the area. There's, there's stacks of that. Yeah. Oh, look. There's even little marmorata there too. Oh, there you are. Nice looking individual. But yeah, no, that's an awesome book to, to have a flick through. That's one of the ones that made it up onto the bookshelf up here as well as, as this one.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That one. I'm holding uh, up
1: uh, a copy of Australian Monitors by Gunter Schmieder. So I uh, even wrote in here that apparently this is the second last hardback apart from his, I believe. So
0: that's a good pretty cool. L-
1: pretty lucky to have this copy of the book. But
0: Yeah, I think I, I know I have it, but I don't know if I have the hard color or the soft color. Yeah, so I if think I the soft cover, I'll be, I'll be like, oh, there's another one i got to find.
1: That's one that I couldn't find anywhere. Or actually, I could yeah. find it in one place. I think it was actually in the UK, but the price was obscene. It was like, oh. it was like 150 pounds or something like that. Like, yeah, and then massive
0: weight on top of it would have been the same price.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I was just like, oh, maybe I should hit up Gunter and see if he has a spare line around.
0: Yeah, I'll have to. No, I've got to get this bookshelf sorted so I can um, see what books I've got and go through them all again. And it's read, a bit of an addiction. It is. It is. It's, it's the same as keeping. Like, You know, when you first start out, it's like you get your first snake or your first lizard and then it's like, oh, my God, I've got to have them all. So you just start collecting like individual animals of everything. It's the same yeah. with books. You buy your first book and you read, you're like, oh, I've got to buy another one. And you buy another one and you're like, oh, I've got to buy another one. But Some of the books are just as dear as some of the reptiles too. Yeah. Yeah,
1: some of them get up there, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, especially once they're out of print. That's <laughs> just someone keeps buying them all. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Yeah, not me.
1: We've actually got... Um, have you got this book as well? I'm pretty sure you've got this one.
0: I do, yeah. I've got that one. I think I've got two two of them. Did you, did you yeah. buy that directly from Scott?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, so they are yeah, both yeah. signed in it. So just for everyone at home, I was just holding up the Snakes of Australia, the Naturalist's Guide by Scott and Ty Iper. So... Yeah, it was really good to have Scott on last week, actually. Yeah, it was great. It was... The, whole,
0: the whole wealth of knowledge, mate. That was unreal. Yeah. and um,
1: all, all the juicy content before and after. Jeez, we went to bed oh, pretty yeah. late that night.
0: We did, and I had to go to bed <laughs> the next day. But, no, nah, he sent some um, some cracky images through that he's going to let us post on the social media. So, if you listen to this, you've probably already listened to the last one. So, um,
1: In which case, we'll have all those pictures up, yeah. hopefully, by now. So. And for the, if you're just listening to this one because you've only just joined us, then make sure to go back and check them all out on Facebook and over on Instagram as well.
0: Yeah, and give them a like. Yeah. So no, that was a. Yeah, that was, it's always great to talk to Scott. Like it's one of those things. Like I remember he rang me one day or we at work, and you know, phone call lasted for over an hour. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like a. It's one of those things when you get start talking to another person who also has an obsession with reptiles, it just. Basically, you can talk all day. Yeah. He's very humble too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For someone who knows so much and does as much as he does, he is for sure.
1: Yeah. I think so. that's the best part about him, to be honest. it's a,
0: a And very, he's very approachable very, too.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we learnt that because he approached us. and
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, Or oh, I got a phone call while he was cleaning his lizard pits or something and Next thing you know, he's like, "Yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, if you want me to come on your podcast, I'll come on." And I was like, "Yeah, no, no way." No, you know, every chance that you're going to come on, and I think he's going to be a bit of a regular fixture at some stage as well.
0: Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I've spoken to him a couple of times previously, just on like um, social media and that, just ordering books and everything else off him. So, but the good thing is, I liked with his books. I don't know. Do you would probably do the same thing? He sends you like a little card as well. Did you get yeah, get so. news? Yeah, it's like a little um, almost like a business card, but it's uh, it's got like the number of the print or something on it, or I think.
1: And yeah, maybe I, I didn't get it in this one, but I, I thought oh, I might have got something in with it, but maybe I didn't notice yeah. it.
0: Yeah, I know. With the frog book, I got the same as well. I have to get that. I haven't got yeah. the frog one. And, oh, man, now I'm just talking about – I should have just got a whole bunch of books out. We could have just talked about my podcast on books. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we both could do that and actually
1: appreciate it. Uh, as, as we were going through all these books, we were kind of having a bit of a, a field day actually before we kind of hopped on here. Yeah. I did pull out this book here. So this is Reptiles of Australia by Eric Wor- Worrell. and do uh, that one actually. Yeah. I don't know what date it was actually printed to be quite frank because it is really, really old and it's it's in pretty good nick for how old it is. But to give you mm-hmm. an idea of how old it is, there's a little memo in here from, from another family to their their grandkids uh, and it was dated in July 1967. So what would that make that? That's over 50 years old now, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it uh, yeah. Yeah. Almost 60.
1: Yeah. That's an old book. Yeah. But yeah, it's um still holding together for now.
0: I think so. there's actually um, quite a few versions of that book. There's quite a few reprints. So it's one of oh, those cool. books where you, you buy one and there's like four or five others that you have to get as well if you're a book collector from memory. But yeah, I think I think there's a couple of reprints. Wow, look at that out. black and white picture of a Boyd's forest dragon. That's, that's unreal, the day, isn't it? Yeah, that's unreal. I, th- I'm, I don't actually. Maybe I don't have that one. Damn! Now I have to this weekend. I'm going to have to clean the shed out, and get all my boxes out, get a bookshelf sorted, put all the books in here as well. So, another thing I've got to do.
1: It's seriously crazy what you can pick off off people, right? Like, I got given that from a friend who's kind of getting out of reptiles. He just gave me a whole shoe box essentially full of books and yeah. that was just one of the ones that happened to be in there. I, I just don't understand it. You know, you and I probably don't understand it because we just collect and hoard these things and yeah, look, look after them. But
0: you know, that's just like gold. Yeah. Well I had like, when I sold all my reptiles, I was like, Oh no, I'm done. I might get some reptiles, you know, when the kids are older, like another 10 years or something. But I was like, I'm not selling the books. I'll keep books. And I still like, even though I had no reptiles, I'd still, you know, if the new book come out, I'd still get the new book like the Reptiles of Australia one. I've got that one. I've got a few other ones and yeah, if there was a new book coming out and or Gunther put a you know, put an ad out saying he's got a new book coming out. I think he posted recently that he's got another book coming out from memory. I think. I think. I vaguely remember ordering one. Is it Fisher of Australia? Not sure. Or is that already out?
1: I can't I can't say that I saw anything.
0: I'm not sure. I, I feel like I've got a book on order from ages ago that's not out yet, but I can't remember if if it was. Yeah, I can't remember who it was from. Mental blank. <laughs> I, can't <remember. laughs> I can't remember who it was from.
1: Ordering too many books and now you're just going to have things turning up in the mail.
0: That's the best. That's the best thing, especially when you forget about it. Yeah. You Speaking about things that I've.
1: i I forgot about the fact that i ordered some gear off our teespring
0: oh yeah i saw it yeah actually we should give that a shout out actually the teespring so um if any of your listeners want some merch we've got a um merch store um we've got the link i believe on facebook and instagram on our pages so um Luke might have the link in front of him, but he's looking like he might have it there.
1: Oh, I've got it somewhere here, but I can... No, that's all right. Quick, but it'll be over on our Facebook pages, but yeah. nonetheless, it's over on uh, Teespring, or they're now known as spring.com. Um, but yeah, I ordered one of the premium jumpers and uh, also... What did I get, I got a tumbler, like a steel tumbler, because I figured, you know, we're going to be sitting down here like I am now drinking a whiskey or whatever and nice cold beverage, we'll have a, having a yeah, cold beverage of sorts. So I thought, may as well get my gear sorted so I can sit here. So, and do start you rock up? not yet, I just because I forgot that I had it linked to our uh, our Gmail account, so I logged yeah. into that and apparently it's left and it's on its way. So I'm actually hoping that it turns up before the expo because it'd oh, be cool it, uh, yeah, like to have a good, yeah, i
0: meant to order one, but. I keep forgetting. I keep ordering books. No shaking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> keep ordering all of Danny Brown's books and yeah. ordering them for yourself. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. No, I keep forgetting to log on because every time I log on, I log on through the actual store, not through the actual login. So I always forget to order one. But um, you know that'd be handy if you got it before the expo. So yeah, but yeah, we've got all sorts of stuff up there just with with
1: our logo and bits and pieces on there. I think we've got like. From memory, like phone phone cases, uh, T-shirts, jumpers. I'm kids pretty sure clothes. we've got singlets. Yeah, kids' clothes. Yeah. But, you know, it's all just going to kind of keep the lights on here. It's just going to go into probably like gear for us to, you know, if we need to upgrade headphones or something like that, then we've got a little kitty that we can draw out of or whatever yeah. we need to do. So, yeah, just a little bit of an incentive to kind of keep the ball rolling. But, yeah, I'm excited to get it. I'm actually, yeah, it, I'm really excited about this expo. Hey, like I'm really looking yeah, forward so to kind it getting out there and meeting a few people uh, putting some names to faces and stuff because all the all the support we've been getting is super super positive and
0: yeah you know really want to keep it rolling yeah and we'll have um we'll have business cards and some stickers too so if you're a sticker yeah. collector feel free to come up and grab a sticker only one though. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be cool
1: if you if you do grab a sticker or whatever, you know, show us where you stick it. If you got it on the yeah. back of the car, on an enclosure, you know, wherever you end up putting it, that would be cool. Yeah, to take a picture see and photos rolling through.
0: Tag us on social media, and we'll if you tag us on Instagram or Facebook, we'll probably chuck it on the story as well. Yeah. So that people can good. see. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm really am looking forward to that. I was looking forward to going just down as a visitor, and then when that opportunity came up, I was um I was stoked. So. It'd be good to catch up with a bunch of people that I haven't seen for ages as well with the whole COVID and everything else. Like, There's a few yeah. people you just see around the expos and have a chat and you don't really get to talk to them at the moment, unless you talk to them on social media, but you don't get to talk to them face-to-face because of all the restrictions and everything else. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to going in there and seeing a few people and having a chat. So
1: yeah, It'll be good fun. I'll tell you what, I haven't missed wearing masks this week. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Being in retail and being forced to wear a mask, like I don't mind doing it, but
0: yeah. Yeah, so I'm lucky I don't have to wear one, only if I'm going to go into the shop. So it's not too bad for me. So, I wish you'd have to wear one all day, wouldn't you? Yeah, about 10 hours a day. Yeah, no, it's, I couldn't it's do that. Awesome. I, I hate wearing them for 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, yeah. I do it because I have to, but yeah, I just, yeah, I don't feel like claustrophobic almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you looking
1: forward to getting these frogs off me?
0: I reckon they're pretty yeah, keen to go to your place. I can't wait. I can't wait. I've got a um, Exo Terra sitting beside me as well. So oh, sick! Have to set that one up. I uh, picked that one up secondhand off Facebook. So nice was it 60. a good score? Yeah, it wasn't. here it wasn't too bad actually. I actually bought it because we originally. I remember. I think I spoke to you months ago. Months ago, probably before, last year about getting frogs. Um, yeah, actually, I, yeah. I do remember that. I spoke to you then, and that's when I got it. I, I ordered it then, but, um, yeah, so it's just been sitting in this room empty because I was getting some frogs for my son, but um, never got around to getting any. But, no, nah, I'm pretty keen to get some.
1: What size so, are you going? What what size is the XO? It's a 45, 45, 60. Tall or long? Tall. Yeah, sick.
0: So it's the exact same as what they're in now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we say it worked awesome. out perfectly. So, But, um, yeah, so I'll have to set that one up as well. Yeah, so
1: Jace, Jace is picking up my red-eye tree frogs off me just because I'm hoarding Gillen's monitors. So, <laughs> so I that's where really the Gillen's monitors are going. Yeah. You you hoard books, I hoard Gillen's. So it's just the way it kind of goes around, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm sitting on are 12 you... Gillen's monitors, and I reckon I could probably do with another 12. <laughs> hey, they
0: un- they're, Yeah, they're unreal. They're little characters. Absolutely oh, little characters. They... A great first I just first can't get enough
1: of them. Yeah, dude, they're perfect because they're like yep. exact monitor attitude, but in a lizard that gets to thirty centimeters total length. You know, like it's yeah. it's it's not going to hurt you by any means. You know, you, they can still give you a good nip, but you know, oh, you're do, not yeah, going to
0: lose a finger to them. Nah, it's not like a you know one of the large ones, but they're and they're they little personalities as well. They've all got their own. The way they sleep as well. Sometimes you walk in, oh. and you think they're dead. Like you're like, oh my god, are you dead? And then you see breathing. Like, oh no, you're alive. <laughs> but. Did- did you see that photo that um, Kurt Lamott put up on
1: KE Family Reptiles the other day?
0: I did, actually, yeah. It was a crack <laughs> Gave up. him a heart attack. Yeah, his yeah. little gillons looked like I was flopped over a log of sorts and <laughs> did look like he was just dead on a log. Yeah. A lot of dragons and monitors have funny sleeping positions. I remember I used have a bearded dragon the amount of times you'd go, you what are you doing? And he's just sleeping.
1: Oh, bearded so. dragons are good for doing that. Like right in the corner of a cage, where they kind of do like a big arm spread. They're kind of like leaning against the front corner of the cage, and they just look like they're dead in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> I remember mine doing that when he was little.
0: Yeah, and you're like, "What are you doing?" But nah, those those little monitors, man. They, I love those little monitors. I would. Yeah. What are the the Ackies are a good um first monitor as well.
1: They they are really good because they still get to a pretty good size. Um, a yeah. little bit bigger than the Gill and I, but it, I think what attracts a lot of people to the Akis is the patterns as well. Like they come in yeah. really cool patterns and colours and things. So Gill and I, I mean, I'm a bit biased, so I think they're gorgeous, but you know, a lot of people kind of look at it like a gray, uh, br- uh, sorry, a grey little lizard. But yeah. at least the ackies you get those mad reds and yellows and oranges and that's right, yeah. Yeah. And then you got I do like the Akis. quarter.
0: Have you, have, you got, have you ever kept Brevia quarter? I haven't kept them. No. no I, I wouldn't, I'd love to get some of those there. I don't see too many there around.
1: No. I think I think if I got into more small monitors, I wouldn't mind getting um, some Gorham. I reckon that'd yep. be quite cool. Yep. Like when you're talking like small monitors. Um, yeah. I'd actually really love to get my, my hands on some Cordo's and some uh, Bush Eye as well. Just yeah. because I love those, that that like whole little group of tree dwelling monitors, I reckon it'd be kind of cool to collect yep. the sets, so to speak. Yeah, But, yeah, I'd end up with forty little tree dwelling monitors. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have nothing else but them. more, yeah. No, yeah. I, I love little monitors, but um, I even I love some of the the medium sized ones as well. Like those Kimberly rock monitors, they're gorgeous. Yeah,
1: I am um, yeah. oh man, recently I was just. My, my kimberly rock monitor i hadn't seen him for months like it was just like something went off in his head and i just wasn't seeing him whatsoever and then all, all of a sudden he just got so brave and he started coming out heaps which i'm so thankful for because i was starting to go you know what i'm keeping an empty box i'm starting to yep. feel like i want to kind of move him on and yeah you know try something different or you you know move something up into his tank but yeah he started coming out at the perfect time so excellent he's man. starting to Starting to take food from tongs as well, which is really oh, nice good. after almost two years. So <laughs> yeah, because their their tail's actually longer than their body, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. It's like yeah. one
0: third, one third body, two thirds tail. There. Yeah, and their patterning's beautiful, and the um, Pilbara rock monitors as well. They're stunning, but we can't keep them in New South Wales, I believe.
1: Not no, really we're not allowed. them.
0: Less, not. And the Hemileptus. The what are the other ones? The Yeah, I think. Well, horrible with the Latin, Latin but, the but I think oh, you got right. it right then, yeah. yeah, and those ones as well. They're, they're stunning as well, but I think they're the same. I don't think, don't think we're allowed to keep those ones as well, yeah. But, um,
1: our uh, one of our upcoming guests might be able to talk a little bit better about all yeah, these sorts hopefully. of Dartra and small monitors if uh, yeah, if they agree to come on, which I'm pretty sure if they are, but. You know, not going to count that chicken before it hatches.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I um, I love those small little monitors. So I mean, I love the big ones too, but there's they're so intimidating. Some of those big monitors when you see them face to face.
1: And even Loki gives me a run for my money. I've decided that four foot's like a maximum size for me. Like that's like yeah. a good size. If I need to jump on it, I can. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. Kudos to everyone that keeps laces and all the rest of it. But
0: yeah, they're so quick too. Lightning quick. Mm. I mean, yeah. I've, I used to have a mate years ago that had a lacy and that thing was, yeah, it was one of those lacies that, you know, some of me, like you see some of the videos, people have kind of worked with them and trained them a little bit. They've done like target training or something like that or and they can actually, you know, they come out relatively easily. I think uh, um, David Kirshner used mm. to have the one where he'd put his hand down in the, in the enclosure and he'd climb up onto his arm a specific way and then he'd lift it out. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, this one my mate had—you couldn't even go into the enclosure, and it was just um, yeah, it was basically Satan in a monitor. Oof. So that thing was scary. Like, go go around, and give him a hand to clean the enclosure out, and it was like, yeah, it was scary.
1: They're, they're a proper weapon when they're like that, you know. Like they, they can really do some damage. That's, yeah, it's it's amazing the amount of people that you see. I don't even think that they've had monitors before of any description, but they just jump straight into the deep end and somehow they find somebody that's willing to sell them a, you know, two hundred dollar lace monitor or something mm-hmm. like that that's a juvenile, and yeah. then they have them for a certain period of time, and then they get to that sort of like you know maybe four foot mark or thereabouts, and they they realize how crazy they are, or you know they haven't t- done the right sort of training and taming and you know all the rest of it to like socialize the animal with them, and they yeah. become like a bit of a a problem animal unfortunately so. yeah because
0: they're super smart like you can see like that when they when you do stuff they, they don't they don't look at you like the snakes look at you sometimes or geckos they look at you and you can see in their eye that they're studying you like everything you do they're watching everything every movement that you make everything mm. you do and they work out your little patterns and everything else they're super smart so yeah like you said if you don't spend the time with them and train them and do all that stuff they can be a handful so that's why yeah. the, a lot of the medium monitors are pretty good. We're pretty lucky here in Australia with how many of the smaller monitors we actually have. So I can't remember from memory, but we've got something like
1: 27 or 30 species of monitor in total or something. There's some some sort of figure like that, depending on yeah. what the taxonomy is doing in the day. But yeah, there's a, a stack of options out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look on the licensing, um, the licensing keepers uh, species list, there's heaps. there's like six or seven i think you can have on your uh, um basic license yeah there's like another 10 or so that you can have so i think on your basic license
1: in new south wales you're allowed gillanai akis Sandies, so sand monitors um and then you're allowed tristis as well which means you can get tristis tristis and tristis orientalis because they come under the same uh group yeah so you can only really have those five but which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because some of the other ones that are out there, I think, would be perfect for, you know, your your basic monitor group as well. Like your what do they called? Barici. that'd be yeah. great. King Kingorum. yep. Stores, I think stores are pretty good for that sort of thing. You know, yeah. There's so many little ones that are out there, but they're just a little bit less common. Your Cordos, your bush eye, your um, oh man, Primordius. You know, like yeah. all these little things. There'd be tons of
0: little species out there that'd be. Perfect, I reckon, for R one keepers. But that's the same with a lot of the R2 species though. A lot of those R2 species, um, you know, they're not like the rough scale monitors, they're R2. They're um basically the same as kept the same as carpets and everyone's yeah, so yeah. well with them now. There's no need for them to be on the R two license anymore. I mean I get why they were when they first came into captivity, but now, you know, there's a lot of species in that list on R2 that don't really need to be on the R two anymore. Well, it's like a lot of things, right? Like that licensing system is just so out of date now. It's just yeah. it needs to change. It's yeah, been it needing to change for a long time. So there was I remember there was talks and everything of of them changing it and taking some species off license altogether, like what they do in Victoria mm-hmm. in New South Wales. Yep. Like Blue tongues and bearded dragons. And then yeah, you know, and changing some of the R two species down to R one and then nothing ever come of it. So Yeah, they were we're first
1: talking about that when I jumped in with high-tech aquariums Yeah, because we were going to be really excited because then we were going to be able to have things like your beardies, your blueies, some of your basic turtles and pythons and things off license so anybody can have, you know, freedom to buy them without having to pay a fee. But then it also meant that we would be able to have some things in the shops like hopefully we would have been able to have things like green tree frogs because we can't do frogs in the shops. Yeah. Um, you know, even some R one monitors, different R one dragons, and things like that. That would have been cool to have a bit of variety, you know.
0: But yeah, because you can only keep, I think you can only have a certain number of species on your license in the shop, can't you? You can't have like you know all of the R ones if you have all the R ones. You're only allowed a limited number of species on that license.
1: Yeah, and you don't get to choose them either. They're they're um, uniform across the board for for pet shops to keep them. So you're allowed yeah. eastern long neck turtles. Yep. No river short neck turtles. Uh, you're allowed smooth knob geckos, Levis Levis. You're allowed thick tail geckos, millie. Um, Your pygmy bearded dragon or black soil plains dragon, um, central bearded dragon, eastern blue tongue. Uh, so that's all your lizards and your turtles and everything with legs. Uh, yep. Then you're allowed Darwin carpets, centralian carpets, coastal carpets, jungle carpets. Uh, children's pythons, spotted pythons. Um there's a few others. Weird things though, like we can't keep a diamond python in a shop, but you're allowed to keep imbricata Really? Yeah. Your face just said it all. Yeah. Listeners <laughs> well, can't don't, see yeah. that, but that was exactly right. That's strange. You know, diamond, diamond, diamond pythons really are pretty common, common. In the hobby. Yeah. But you know, you don't see a lot of people with imbricata.
0: No, nah, very you, few. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I know. Yeah, you barely see them. Like, there's obviously if you go on the Imbricata group, you see them, but there's not many posts in there.
1: No, I was going to say, you know, Owen Pelly seemed to be more in numbers from Facebook these days that I can see
0: than Imbricata. Yeah. I, I've noticed there's a lot of numbers in Owen Pelly, especially in Queensland, which is great to see. But I mean, that's another one. I wonder if they'll make it on license in New South Wales. I mean, and same with the green tree monitors as well. Like people seem to be doing pretty well with them in captivity now. So though you'll probably see a lot of a lot more numbers start to become available. But um I wonder ben if they'll let them well. make it unlicensed.
1: Yeah, I hope so, because they're one that I'd love Same. to get my hands on. Yeah, Probably Same, when they're yeah. about, you know, a thousand dollars I'll get into it maybe. <laughs> not not yeah.
0: whatever crazy prices they're going for nowadays. But I'm sure they're super expensive per animal. But um I mean I hate to think. Yeah, it was the same with green tree pythons when they first came out years ago. Um, yeah, But the price of them now is pretty steady. It's still expensive, but, um, you know, it's not like it used to be 10, 15 years ago. They were thousands of dollars a snake. But But, yeah. um, you know, people are doing good work with them and managed to breed them. But there's heaps of people that seem to be – not heaps, sorry. There's there's a few people that seem to be doing pretty well with those green tree monitors, just cruising Facebook and that on on some of the pages. Um. But yeah, so it'd be, I really hope they do come on license in New South Wales.
1: Yeah, it'd be good. Speaking of green tree pythons, I think my female is going into hopefully a pre ovulation shed. Oh, nice. That's exciting. So, could be nothing, but be. yeah, she could, she <laughs> you could know, be I'm phantom, still...
0: phantom ovulation, yeah, I, but
1: I could still be crossing everything with, with
0: high I hopes. But, I've uh... got fingers and toes crossed for you, mate. So,
1: well, the little male's doing a pretty good job of it. I have to give it to him. He's he's keen as mustard. So yeah, you know, considering they were together for less than twenty four hours and he knew what to do, and you know, I think he's only two. Well, he's only he's only a young boy. Yeah, not he's
0: young, old. yeah, young and lean. That's it. I remember when I was young and lean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, I'm, but, uh, I'm, I'm hoping hoping you do. That'd be unreal. That'd be a first for you, wouldn't it? For green with green trees. Yeah, this is the yeah. furthest I've got with them.
1: After yeah. I think I think I've owned greens for four years now. I think this yeah. is my third season trying because I kind of gave them the first year to to settle. Get used to it, yeah. um, And then I had those disasters of one year after another. I had two males escape from this certain enclosure, which they're not going to do anymore. But did you find them? No, no, that oh, was absolute man. heartbreak. Hey, so I had. Yeah. This is why I hit you up about the whole door on your enclosure is because in this cage that I had, I was using um, acrylic doors. Yeah. And what would happen is when the cage, you know, heated and cooled and all the rest of it, because it was pretty humid inside the cage, the doors would kind of like bow a little uh, bit, yeah. concave and bow. Yeah. Uh, and I think what happened, like, they didn't actually get out through like the middle of the gap or anything like that. But I think the snakes were just able to kind of like lean on the door right and, and just. Yeah, just kind of skew it out so it kind of opened up 10, 15 mil and that was enough for a nose. Yeah. And then boom, you know, that'd be up and over. And then where the green trees are kind of situated, there's a roller door right behind them. So, of course, oh, the green okay. tree python gets out, it goes up. up you know, yeah. It's not going to the ground like a carpet may do. Um, so, it goes up and there's evidence to it like you know, there'd be stuff knocked over from where it was going up like, you know, food jars or whatever. Yeah, I reckon they went straight out and we've got a pretty healthy population of powerful owls outside. So Yeah, okay. Unfortunately, I think oh, they may have may that. have been caught. Yeah. yeah. So that happened that happened one year, and I thought it was just kind of like, you know, a shit go. Like, you know, bad luck. And the exact same thing happened twelve months later. And I was at that moment, I was pretty keen to give up the hobby. I was like, I you sure know what, be. this is yeah, ridiculous. That. But, you know, you look back on it and you go, That's human error. That's not That's not snake error. That snake was doing what a
0: snake does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Well, that's a good thing. This has a lip on the inside, so you can't actually push the door in. There's a little, like, there's a lip that the door sits on. So, like, you've got a lip and then the door sits on it. But like I said, I'll probably just get, you know, your your little uh, clips that keep your fly screens in? Yep. Yep. I'll probably just, because I'm, like, OCD with this stuff, I used to do it with glass doors and everything. I'd probably get a couple of them and just put them on, like, random spots around it just so, you know. Yep. There's no no chance of. I mean, the dragons you you know won't really do it too much. But I but was the I same with the exoterra. So I'd have like the exoterra, and then I'd have like a piece of wire through the exoterra and twist it. So I had like a. It was just me being like, oh, because I was always panicked about losing geckos or losing snakes. So I have like a little system, like to click the lock up, slide something through it, twist it, and then once yeah. I at the end of the room every night, I check every single one. I go, yeah, they're all the wires in, and then I walk out the door and I'd be like then I'll leave an enclosure and then I go in and I'd shake every door just to make sure that all the doors were shut properly. Like I was just always paranoid about stuff getting out. It's just me being paranoid. But, oh, um, I can completely relate because yeah. like every single night that I go
1: in to feed the geckos and things, especially if I'm dealing with like the brown tree snakes or something, because the brown tree snakes, I actually do have one of these little exoterra locks on, on that enclosure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm the exact same. I, like, walk out of the garage, turn the light off, and I kind of stop for a second. I'm like, I swear I've left something open. So I have to walk back in and check everything again. I, I usually do it two or three times. So,
0: yeah, know, so that's 100% I. relatable. So do I. I mean, yeah, I mean, this door's strong, but yeah, it's just my my paranoia. That's all it is. It's just me being paranoid. So What did you say that page was again?
1: I want to go and give him a follow, and because I might have to look if if it's worthwhile. I might even get an enclosure built up or something.
0: Yeah, TNR Reptiles our Reptiles. It yeah. looks really solid, hey? Yeah, it is. It looks like, like a good enclosure. I just couldn't believe how light it was too. Like yeah. it was super light. Like, yeah, my sister's like, you're not going to carry that down. I was like, yeah, it's actually a lotter than you think because yeah. I was used to carrying melamine <laughs> ones. But, um, but I mean, they're super customizable though. Like I wanted one big door, Um, but yep. you could go like, you know, two doors. You could do like a... Enclosure this big and have a divider in the middle, so it's actually two separate enclosures and two doors as yep. well. So like, in, you know, um if you have, yeah, you can do. I think the largest you can do is two point four meters long. I think
1: that's a big cage. That's yeah, a, with a, you know, that's sort of Loki size.
0: Yeah, with, uh, but I think uh, the only thing is, I think there might. Oh no, no, there isn't because you can't have one solid door though. So you'd, I think, you'd have to have like three doors on it. But, yeah. um. But, yeah, because obviously that way it's got the supports to hold hold everything up. But, yeah, yeah. it's customizable where you want your vents, where you want everything, you know, um, if you want. I didn't I didn't get mine with any um, light fittings because I just get on my own fittings. But, um, yeah, super, it only, literally only took probably, I'd say, 20 minutes to screw together. And that yeah, was that. in between playing with my son and my daughter. Like he was coming out and giving me a hand with his little fake drill and I had my drill and all that stuff. So, yeah, all the holes are pre-drilled. You just drill them in. Um, yeah, it's really nifty. It's got little cutouts in the back for cable slots and everything. So pretty pretty keen to get it set up and get some pictures out there. But I'll, I'll post a picture up of just the bear enclosure so people can see what I'm talking about. But um, definitely go on, give that page a like. And if you're interested in PVCs enclosures get one and check them out because i have always wanted pvc enclosures for years ever since like i was into green tree pythons because you go on the old mvf forum for all the green tree pythons and everyone in the states had pvc enclosures that's massive over there huge and i was the amount of times i'd looked at trying to get pvc enclosures sent to australia i'm like it's just you know it's too expensive but then there was someone in Queensland, I think, who did import like a bunch, like a couple of shipping containers worth. And um, I never got around to getting one off him because I think he ended up shutting up shop once I discovered him. But, um, yeah, I've always wanted black PVC enclosures, especially when I had green tree pythons. So, you know, if this works out well, I'll probably just do PVC enclosures, except for maybe with frogs and stuff like that, I'll do the exoterrors. But, um, yeah, racks or anything else for baby snakes or whatever, I'll probably go see if you can do PVC. So, I
1: reckon for most frogs, you could actually probably like, you know, obviously you've got that exoterra there, but if you didn't, I reckon most frogs in Australia, you could probably get away with. Yeah. With those PVC enclosures if you seal them okay, you know, because a lot of frogs, not not everyone does like massive water bodies in Australia no. like a lot of the, the guys overseas.
0: No, like I saw yours, you've got like, you can just do big water bowls and everything else for them. So, yeah. But yeah, I probably could probably could just do do all P V C. No, I mean I'll probably just get O C D and feel like it's gotta be one or the other and go all P V C because yeah, I'd love to yeah, obviously want to get back into some green tree pythons, so I'll um I'll do some some for some green tree pythons and then maybe um I kind of miss keeping rough scale pythons too, so they are awesome, dude. Man, I love right. them. I love them. They're, they're, they're Probably the only two snakes I'd get, unless I kept diamond pythons, I'd keep them outside in an aviary. But the only two snakes I'd get would be probably them. Yeah, get back into those.
1: I'm honestly really happy with the snakes that I've got now. Hey, like, but yeah, in particular those roughies in the greens. Like, there's just something different about them that I really get down with. I think it's just because they're a little bit smaller. Mm. They're not so heavy, heavy bodied. You know, they can be a little bit more delicate. So you can actually kind of keep them in a bit of a nicer setup and get away with a few plants and stuff like that in there. So kind of yeah. it's full circle. You get that kind of ecosystem in there and it looks really good.
0: Yeah, but and I yeah. think the whole story behind the rough scale pythons as well is another reason why i love them like i remember i had mine years ago and obviously i bought mine off snake ranch back when john weigel had snake ranch oh uh, wow okay so yeah i yeah i absolutely love them those big sharp teeth they got and those blue eyes unreal
1: yeah that's amazing yeah so they they, are one of those species that i do love going downstairs and seeing at night time and then like you know they've been all sedentary just kind of wedged in a rock all day and then all of a sudden they're just like going bonkers climbing around on vines and, and the color change too have it. you
0: noticed yours change color night and day it's yeah 100 100 spectacular yeah and i mean we're lucky over here compared to some of the people in the us like they've got them over there but the price over there is astronomical compared to here like i think you can get it for like 200 250 dollars a snake now yeah, so
1: I got I got mine from Peter Birch 2019. I think yeah, I think it was two thousand nineteen, October two thousand nineteen. I think mm. I paid five hundred dollars for the pair. Yeah. And I had seen them going cheaper, but I you know, that would include shipping and stuff like that on top of it. So yeah, when Peter had put them up, I just jumped on it and I think I I think I drove up that like same day or the day after or something like that. Was yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I think okay. he's only around the corner from me. Like, I don't know where he lives, but I'm, he's hes on the coast as well from memory. So, I used to buy um, all my rodents off him years ago.
1: Yeah, he's, oh, he's back into rodents now. I think oh, he's got standard, Rodent Brothers know. out there. Yeah,
0: so.
1: I think I've ordered Rodents off him once when I was in a bit of a pinch when my mate didn't have anything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think he does Rodent Brothers.
0: Okay. So I might have to. He's yeah, on, just, is that on social media, those pages? I might have to jump on. Yeah, mic, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're on social media. I um, I got a whole bunch of mice because my mate stopped doing mice, so yeah, I remember getting a whole bunch of mice for some of the smaller snakes just to kind of get them through and get them a bit bigger and t- onto rats. But um, yeah, comes in a little esky box and all the rest of it, so they arrive frozen and well and
0: oh, that's good. Yeah, because I used to just meet um, meet someone that you have I don't know who it was. maybe someone that worked for him. Maybe I'm not sure. I used to meet him at a Rimba at the roundabout. So I'd come off at the from work at the rest stop, meet them, grab the mice, and then go home. So, yeah, so it was real handy.
1: That place is a reptile hub. Yep. Like, in all honesty, like anyone on the Central Coast that's selling reptiles to anybody, Arimba Rest Stop is the
0: place to go. Yep. Like, that's or or um, Carryon, or the one at on as well. That's a Like for the people that are on the southern end of the coast. That's another one. Okay. Is,
1: so I've never been to Carryon. I've always met everybody
0: at that Arimba Rest Stop. Yeah, they may be, maybe maybe because they live up the northern end of the coast. But if you oh. if you're generally in the southern end, you'd, and you meet someone from Sydney or vice versa, you'd generally meet on Carrong somewhere because it's you know it's a little bit closer. Whereas if you you'd have to drive another twenty minutes to get to the Arimba exit. But if you're up the north end of the coast, it's kind of like a, a main exit, and because it's, it's got the the rest stop there, it's easy to just if you're from Sydney, it's easy to go in, come out of the rest stop back on the on the freeway, and then go down. So it's a nice easy rest stop to get in and out of, so.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I must have sat up there a dozen times talking to Rick for hours or something. Yeah. (laughs) The amount of times I've been there is ridiculous. But, yeah. No, it's a, rough scale pythons are just one of those snakes, hey? They're just so unique. I I didn't think, like, I I, I thought I'd love them when I got them, but I didn't realize how much I'd love them.
0: Yeah, you know, did, they, just... did they? Did they ever do a threat display for you, or I never? I never saw a threat display. I think oh. I
1: had I've I've had both of them do it a couple of times, but only when I was originally keeping them in snake rack. Yeah, so I'd always plan to do the the enclosure that I've done for them, and mm. they will get something bigger eventually. But um, when I first had them, and I had them in a snake rack, and they were in kind of like tubs that were maybe I want to say sixty centimeters by forty five by about twenty high, so they were kind of like a decent sized tub for yielding yeah yelling roughies but yeah a few times in there they gave me the full you know wide mouth teeth just gaping everywhere that dark blue throat and i was like oh geez you know this thing means business yeah and i have been in in that circumstance too i have been tagged once or twice just like super quickly as i've opened the drawer yeah
0: they don't tickle nope
1: they definitely don't those teeth Even when Man. they're small, too, right? Like they've yeah. just got monster teeth.
0: Yeah. I mean, the yeah. teeth, when they're small, are probably longer than some of the almost, you know, medium to largest size carpets. Yeah. Like, well, the you can teeth. see it
1: when they're gaping at you.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you wonder what we're talking about, just jump on online and Google a Rusko Python threat display and you will see the size of these teeth. They're basically just like um, hypodermic needles in their mouth, but their threat display is spectacular. I mean, that'd be unreal to see hanging off the side of a rock rock ledge up in the Kimberley region, just this, this rough scale python with mouth open and threat display. Oh, I mean, they're probably more – what do you reckon? More people have seen Owen Pellys, or more people have seen rough, rough scales in the wild?
1: I don't know. I reckon they'd be pretty on par. I have seen a lot yeah. more people actually fighting roughies in the last few years. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Owen Pellies, I think they're just such like a a cryptic animal that just needs like the right conditions and just, or the yeah. right timing too, like any reptile's right timing in the right place. So it's kind of hard to say when you're going to find them, but both very hard species to find, that's for sure. I'd yeah. love to find a roughy in the wild. So would I. I'd love to
0: just herb that whole Kimberley region. Yeah. You know, it's um It's pretty untouched and it should be great to go through there and photograph some of the stuff up there, but. Just got to get up there. I'd love to do a lap one day of Australia, or even if I just do it yeah. in sections, like start start here and go up north, and you know make my way down, then come back, and then do maybe in a couple of months' time do another section, and vice versa. And I'd love to stop up there for a few days, and I'd love to go to Crocosaurus Cove up in um, Darwin up there. That'd be unreal.
1: It's not a bad spot to go and check out. It's pretty cool there. I, I, I went there in in 2019.
0: But, yeah, I'd love to go up there and see Crocosaurus Cove and see a couple of those other bits and pieces and and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think it was about 2019 that I got up there and got to check out Crocosaurus Cove. It's a pretty cool little spot to go and check out.
0: Um, Yeah. Got
1: to do the Cage of Death too where you get lower down into – That was amazing to see him on eye level, hey?
0: Yeah, that's what I'd love to do just to look – because you're in their territory you know yep. like it's different if you go to like you know sydney wildlife world or the reptile park we can the reptile parks would be different because they're a bit far away but if you go to sydney um uh aquarium or wildlife world i think it was you're kind of under the water eye level but it'd be different to be actually dropped into the water and you know you're in their territory and they know that you're coming in so
1: yeah
0: that's the one thing i'd love to do that's How pretty was good, it? Was
1: it good? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to see them just kind of like come up and almost stick their eye like right where one of the perspex slots is and actually look at you through the cage. Like they're smart. They know what's going on. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's a little a little bit off-putting when they're, they're floating around in the water and there's just like feathers and stuff like everywhere when they're <laughs> <been> <laughs> chewing on God knows what and you can see all the bones underneath you that's been missed for the day's feeding or whatever. But yeah, no, it's um, yeah. unreal, hey, like. But just the snap, the snap of their jaws when they actually like crack them right next to you, like that's so oh, loud. Yeah, that's something
0: I never thought of, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like your eardrums pop when they do it. If you get a good one, that just lines up with you. Like it's, yeah, it's so yeah, loud. Yeah,
0: something I never never thought of. Yeah, no, I'd love to go up there and, and tick that off and even go to some of the like croc farms and stuff and just see, you know. I'd love to see. Yeah, I love crocs. There's something about them, I think. Yeah. They're one of those things, you know.
1: I think if you're a reptile person you can't not love crocodiles. You know, it's just yeah, kind of exactly. like the the biggest and meanest reptiles that are out there, you know, so
0: you can't yeah. not
1: not be in love with them.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'd love to see them in the wild too, so I'd love to do like a, you know, one of those day boat day tours and stuff and just see them in the river or something, but that's yeah. one thing I'd love to see as well.
1: We we did get to do that as well, which I thought was it was it was good fun, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like actually just seeing them kind of on your own terms was just unreal. Like we got to yeah. go to Fog Dam and we only saw some little ones there, but there was a couple of little salties there. Um, yeah. Which, you know, just kind of stumbling across a crocodile by yourself and your wife or whatever, like that's one thing, you know. Yeah. But when you're, in, yeah, when you're exactly. in a boat and you're going to go rock up on a seventh or six meter crocodile or whatever and, you know, it gets fed every day and that's why it's staying there and doing its things. It his thing. there, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, went, we did go to go – we went to Car Hills Crossing as well that yep. crosses crosses over into Arnhem Land and we saw probably about a dozen crocodiles there just hanging out
0: which was yeah that's right for from
1: that spot yeah dude it just blows me away like there's this barramundi fishermen and stuff just standing along that that crossing and it's like you know 30 metres up upstream or whatever there's just like these big 3 metre crocodiles 3, 4 metre crocodiles yeah. just cruising it's like oh and they're in like waist deep water <sighs> It's not like they're just standing on a rock like that, you know. That's
0: a no from me.
1: Yeah, it's a no from me too. But you
0: know, yeah.
1: apparently, apparently, it's worth catching that fish.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to catch one of them too, but I'm definitely not going to do that to catch one. <laughs> no. So. Yeah, something different about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I don't know what it locals. is. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about the territory, but it keeps wanting to draw me back. Hey. Like uh, yeah. Even even today, I was well actually just before you hopped on, um, while you're trying to get your son down, I was watching uh, Bush Tucker Man, and he was at oh, where was it? It was somewhere. It was just south of Darwin, southwest mm. of Darwin, just on that kind of like little golf almost that goes around into the Kimberley. And he was yep. there there during the wet season, like climbing around through the rock gorges and
0: stuff like that. And it was just gorgeous. Like oh yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful bit of country. Yeah. So, same with the the west coast of Australia as well. That's beautiful as well. I mean, because obviously, you know, um, I've hauled up and down the whole east coast. I've been to the west coast, but I haven't been up the north of the west coast. But you see videos and pictures of some of those north spots on the west coast, and it's just pristine. It's untouched. Yeah. Pretty. Much. It's not untouched, but you know, compared to most of the beaches on the east coast, it's untouched. Yeah.
1: So. Tell you one YouTuber that I really really like. Um, and he's, he's, done a, he's an American guy. He has done a few videos uh, in Australia. I think it's the rep, mm. rep, Reptilian Diaries or the Reptilian Diaries. Um, Frank, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. It sounds like an Italian last name. But he's really into his geckos. Um, has and, he done
0: herping in Australia? Yep. Yeah, I think I may have seen those ones.
1: Yeah, where he did like up and down the West Coast with a couple of his mates and they're finding like Spinajeris yeah. and you know, wheeler eye and blackheads and all sorts of stuff. Like, oh, they were finding like the little Iguernia guys as well, you know, hanging out in trees and in rocks and
0: and all yeah. sorts.
1: Oh, man, those videos were good. They did like a whole series of those. I remember watching those while I was actually herping in the Northern Territory. Um, down yeah, I think I only watched one.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: You've got to get into it because you, you'll get a good kick out of it
0: because there's a lot of gecko yeah, content nah. in there. I- Definitely have to, yeah. I think I've watched one of them. I might have to go back and watch the rest of them, I think. So so yeah. Definitely can. I just need to hurt a bit more too. Yeah. That's the other thing, isn't it? It's just a time thing, but it's
1: it's so painstaking sometimes too, because you just you don't know what you're gonna get if you don't line it up right or Yeah, you know, that's right. It can go one of two ways. You can absolutely score or you know it might not be as good as what you think it is but the 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 most fun parts just going to the country I reckon and' just seeing different parts of Australia or wherever yeah enjoying it and just being in nature yeah, exactly
0: like, yeah that's right that's the best part is being in nature yeah seeing like when the sun goes down seeing the Milky Way like if you're on the East Coast or something you don't get to see that at a night time you can see bits of it but you oh, know, if you're out out in the country and it's a it's a um, not a cloudy night it is in so you can literally see all the colors in the Milky Way yeah
1: yeah like that was it. beautiful that was one of the things that Danny and I really made sure to do every night that we were in you know the West max or outside of Yalara and stuff in, in in the center there is wherever we ended up driving to we'd make sure that we we're far enough away and at a point and we'd just make sure to turn off the car turn off all of the lights kind of adjust your yep. eyes for five10 minutes. And then really just take in the sky because it's just yeah. so big and open, and you just, it's, you'd never see it. And um, you know, especially if you live in you know cities or suburbia like we do, you have so yeah. much light light pollution. You don't see the stars like like you do
0: out there where yeah, there's no right. no humans. Yeah, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, if you're in the city, it's definitely worth taking a trip out just to see that. You know, get back to nature and see those stars. Like you might see, you you see like the Southern Cross and all that in the city, but, you know, what you see with your like naked eyes in the country is just next level, I reckon. Yeah.
1: I I enjoyed that holiday so much. And after watching this, uh, you know, reliving all the Bush Tucker Man videos and stuff, like I'm just so (laughs) keen to get back out, even though it's only been a couple of months, like
0: yeah, I'm stinging for it. Yeah. I just need to get out more, which, you know, it's just a bit hard at the moment. Once this job finishes up, it'll um have a little bit more time to myself again. So, it's at that stage of the job where it's at the end and everything's rush, rush, rush. Got to be finished for this deadline. Yep. Never changes, mate. Every job's the same. You know, the starts are all right, but it's the ends that are the, the worst bits. You know, long hours, don't see the kids as much as you'd like to, work on weekends. Yeah, Times are insane, but, you know, got to pay the bills, so... It's got to be done. Yeah. Here's the way, unfortunately. I just need way. to win the lotto. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> keep saying, too.
1: Yeah. Danny buys Bauer. a ticket every week.
0: So. Yeah. So do I. Keep hoping. Same numbers. Never yeah. Never win anything. At the most, I won 70 bucks. So but, yeah.
1: Better than me. I never play it. So I never win anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I won the lotto, I would set up like I'd have a ginormous shed. And I'd just pay someone to come in and set up all these enclosures. Like, like basically, so I look like a zoo almost and just have yeah. huge exhibits and have massive freshwater ponds with like, you know, like they have at the reptile park with a water monitor and a pig-nosed turtle and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, multiple animals in enclosures. But got to win the lotto to do that. Yeah.
1: That's that's my, my – well, my goal without the lotto is just to try to have – like my own little bit of reptile paradise that's just like all nice enclosures, all just kind of set up how I like them. Yeah. You know, whilst the lotto would be awesome and I wouldn't have to break my back building them myself. Yeah, it exactly. Be, uh,
0: that's the dream. Yeah, my, my old room was kind of like that. Like a, the majority of my – basically all my enclosures were naturalistic but and then all my leaf tails were all um bioactive and chameleon geckos and everything. Like yeah. you'd walk in and it was almost like you walked into a zoo just, you know, It was kind of good just, you know, have those setups like that just to, you know, you have a long day of work, you come down, you clean the animals, have a beer and it's like relaxing at the same time. Yeah. Especially when you finish, you just sit back. Yeah. I want to do what
1: uh, Troy uh, Goldberg on YouTube has and, you know, he's got a couch like set in the middle of his his frog room so mm -hmm. he can just kind of sit down and just like take it all in. I'd love to do yeah, that. Right. Just kind of have like a double car garage and just have like all three walls essentially, you know, lined with your enclosures and stuff. I'd love to have like a little little desk down there so I can do the podcasts and everything still in the, yeah. my little man cave. But I'd love to have like yeah, a couch or I, something. I think I've seen that picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I have. I vaguely remember seeing that. It's like it's the, the, it's lined floor to like every, every wall's got enclosures on it. Yeah. And they're all they're all set up like um native bio bioactive, I think, because there's all dart frogs, aren't they?
1: Yeah, he's all dart frogs. So it's just like absolute yeah. mental, mental dart frogs. But he builds those enclosures himself. Like he silicons them all together, cuts all the I'm pretty sure he cuts all the glass, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So it's not even like they're an off the shelf enclosure. Like he's completely handmade, every single one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. I say. was that is that on his he on Instagram?
1: He's on Instagram, yeah. He's um yeah. I think it's like Ulfroger Histroionica or something on Instagram. Yeah. Um, or just Troy Goldberg on on YouTube. I think he also goes by like Troy Goldberg's Tropical Garage or something like that. So yeah, but yeah dude, that's like phenomenal stuff. Like he's he's like just the plant growth on everything and oh it's so beautiful. Actually, I ended up getting my boss, my boss was cutting some glass the other day for a job. Job at work, and I got him to cut me up some like little pieces of glass, just to sit in tops in the tops of the exoterras. Yeah, so I could do it like you know just on one section of the exoterra or something, just to try to hold a little bit more moisture in on a few of them. Mm. So I'm just going to
0: try to play around with that a little bit. Yeah, because the dart frog guys do that. They um actually, I think they actually take the mesh out and just seal the glass in on some of it.
1: Yeah, they usually. they usually seal the whole top with a piece of glass, but then they have like I think it's like a strip just against the door, like where the doors kind of hit the top. They yep. do like fly screen or something in, but so they can get lights and stuff. Yeah, but yeah.
0: How's that? Have you? How long have you? Have you put them in? No, the I've lights?
1: still got the still got the pieces in the car. I've been meaning to, but I've just been so smashed with doing all bits and pieces around the place. So yeah, um, I haven't done it yet. But yeah, he cut them for me, so I'm planning to put one. I think on the prickly forest skink I'm gonna do one. Um yep. just to box him in. I'll have to switch around where the UV's sitting because I still want him to have access to UV because I've got a seven seven percent T5 above him. Um yep. uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna do it on a couple of the leaf tails as well, just to hold a bit more a bit more moisture in the boxes. I don't think it's gonna be like a massive increase just because you're still gonna have half of it vented, but yeah. I figure if it just saves the plants, especially during winter, drying out a little bit in
0: between waterings yeah. then it might just help a bit so yeah it should yeah.
1: See i how mean, it goes. they anyway. do it over
0: there for a reason so yeah no it'd be good yeah good to see so
1: yeah but yeah no it's been um been interesting actually my latest kind of thing that i'm toying around with i think i mentioned it to you is i'm toying around with the light spectrum on the strophoros ciliaris tank here so we were talking about how the um, the common everlasting. I think I was telling you how it like all of a sudden died off. I think it was like plant yep. shock or transplant shock. Uh, it like yeah. started, started really coming back, but I use these little down lights. I think um, I showed them to you. You just said you put them in everyone's houses. Um, yeah. But they've got like a, a three-stage optional spectrum thing on the top of them. So I've kind of just backed them down to 4,000K and the plant
0: seems to be really loving it. Hey? So, so that's... Four thousand. What is it? It's thirty. Thirty two hundred. Is it thirty 5,600 or forty?
1: Ah, uh, it's three thousand, four thousand, and sixty five hundred. Sixty five hundred. Yeah. 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 So, so that's more, more of a.
0: That's a mixture of, um, like warm light and white light. Yeah, I believe the middle one. Yeah, and then the the three thousands. Yeah, warm warm light. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it's it seems to be bouncing back like
1: so quick. So I'm just thinking that maybe I just pumped it with way too much light. So yeah, maybe. What have, mm-hmm. what else? Have, what other lights have you got on that tank? The only other one that I've got on. So I've got four of those down lights, um, and then I've got the the little seven percent UVB tube, C5 tube, the little thirty centimeter job from Get Your Pet Right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I need to order some of those UV tubes actually.
1: They're good stuff yeah, man.
0: Yeah, Range I've around. tried those ones so. Hold on. I must get a well so. The the yeah. thing that I think
1: you'll really like about it, especially for your enclosure that you've got there because you're going to have to mount everything inside, yeah, is the fact that it's all matte black. So a lot of the T5 fixtures have like a silver top. Yeah, which can I mean you probably wouldn't see it, but this I think will blend like even better into the top of that enclosure
0: yeah
1: yeah i'll have to have a look at so that's the fitting as well yep so he sells yep. it in a kit you can buy the tubes by themselves but i don't think you mm-hmm. can buy the fittings by themselves if i'm not mistaken so um check with check with cindy at get you um i think i think he might deal with cindy at jetty pets mm. um if not you might be able to get them online from like kellyville um yeah because we don't we don't post them unfortunately not yet anyway yeah. we are going to try to get online shortly but yeah so they they've got like little mounting brackets so you can actually just screw the little mounting brackets to the roof of the PVC enclosure and then you'll just be able to pop the fitting straight into the top of it yeah right. and then it just nice. holds it yeah. they're so firm too so you know yeah. it's
0: not going to get pulled out of anywhere nah nah I definitely have to check them out actually because I I was I was looking at the globes I've got just a spare old um two foot um fluoro t5 holder but it's got like chrome all over it and stuff but i'll probably have to go for a nice black one i think so
1: (laughs) (laughs) well worst case he does the seven percent tubes just like arcadia although i think arcadia is pretty hard to get in australia these days so yeah i've heard that so
0: yeah but um i've still got a bunch of jungle jungle dawns so i'll bring one of those jungle dawns down for you at the expo too so yeah i'd love to try one out yeah What, what sizes are those have you got I've only got the little ones, the little... I think there were eight waters, I think. Yep. Yep, I've got a bunch of them. so That's all. I only ever got the small ones because I had... Some enclosures I used two, but most of the enclosures I just used one. And that seemed to work perfect. Like the plants grew, moss sprouted, yeah, heaps of stuff. So, Yeah, awesome.
1: I'm actually going to be trying to... I emptied out a couple of enclosures tonight that I want to try to quickly do up before the expo. Yeah. So I'd like to have a couple of little displays that I can kind of put together on our table just to...
0: Oh, that'd be cool. You know,
1: kind of show off to a few people of what, especially like the tile pointing stuff, you know, like I'd love to give them a good hit with the tile pointing so people can actually touch it and go, oh, wow, you know, that's... This is what it actually feels like, you know. So it'd be good for people to be able to actually see that in person. But those enclosures that I'm going to do up, they are going to be for my two hatchling y Berber Anyway, so I'm not going to bring them across to the expo, but what I'll do is yeah. I'll do them up as like two little mini rainforest setups and I've actually cleared the space here to the side of me uh, where that fish tank was uh, this afternoon. So I will get three more little exoterras in along here, which I'm going to be doing, the two hatchling Y-berber and then my um, little golden tail gecko as well. So it'll be good to kind of whack those together and, yeah, bring them along for everyone to play around with and have a I'll bit look, of a poke yeah. at. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Spruce up oh, the table, yeah. So just our two ugly mugs and some business cards, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thorn between some roses, yeah. yeah. Be. <laughs> Make something pretty that we can hide behind, yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. Maybe I should set up this tank. Oh, it's a bit too big, I think, to carry the um exoterra.
1: You'd probably be able to do it, but it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, like it's just a that little bit size, size. yeah.
0: I do have a bunch of thirty, thirty, forty fives. You still got some? Yeah, I got like ten, fifteen. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> just a few. They're just sitting in the shed, so they've got cork tile put silicon to the sides. So you can there clean that off, though. Yeah, if you wanted to, I did. To. I cleaned a bunch off the other ones, and then I've got a whole bunch of thirty thirties as well. Yeah. Oh in the storage shed. But, um, yeah, it's, it comes off. You just got to scrape them off with the scraper and the scrape all the silicon off. I did it to a bunch of them that I um, did for the stroths. Yeah. So, but that I, when I had the hatchling leaf tails and um, chameleon, because I just used those those enclosures, kept them kind of sterile, just did the peat and then sticks and bark and everything else and that way, you know, they were pretty sterile so they could grow and I could make sure they ate crickets and whatnot, so... Yeah, but they leaf tails love that bark. They just stuck to it like glue, so they didn't even use the branches. They basically just stayed on the backgrounds.
1: So, yeah, that's that's the one thing that I don't do so much with the the leaf tails nowadays. Is if I've got that background the whole way around, like the the DIY one that I'm doing, I'm not doing the so many branches inside anymore because I yeah. figure they're kind of they're big geckos, you know, like they're big flat yeah. geckos, so they kind of need a big space to be onto. So, and you'll find
0: that they don't really come off it too much. Mm, mm. they kind of stay Although, on it once they find their little spot like i had i used cork cork bark slabs like cork tubes and and big bits of cork um cork so i'd have them sitting up they'd basically use that but if i had branches and i never never climbed on the branches They would stay on the background and on the cork bark flats yeah so i probably just feel a little bit more blended in i think yeah, definitely, and they're like you said they're they're a pretty large gecko. Some of them, so I mean, like Scott was saying last week, a lot of them are found up on on trees, big yeah. um, big trees and stuff. So yeah,
1: and yeah. you are talking those trees that are like you couldn't even wrap your arms around them if you had a hope, you know, like they're
0: yeah. And he was saying he trees. could go to the same tree and find the same gecko every time he went there. So yeah, it's kind of like they might find a little niche spot and just stay there.
1: Mm. So. Yeah, uh, it's uh i reckon I, i'm really looking forward to this expo dude i'm looking forward to getting out and just seeing people and you know catching up i reckon it's going to be a mental one too because everyone's going to be so keen for an expo because it's been so long since the last It'll one be so packed. That, that'll be over a year i think that'll be 14 months since the last one because penrith was the last one as well
0: yeah So i didn't go i haven't been to penrith so no i'm super keen hopefully um covid doesn't you know rear its teeth again yeah i'll happily yeah. wear a mask if i have to but you know
1: yeah i might have to shave this beard off if i'm going to wear a mask for that because <laughs> it keeps pulling down all my masks i need to invent a beard uh, like a
0: beard mask you know something that actually yeah a big one. under and under <laughs> yeah. yeah almost like those disposable um shoe covers yeah almost like that but with the ear loops so
1: yeah. Maybe I'll just get one of those, um, you know, shower cap or whatever, and I'll cut out eye holes, yeah. and put it on the front <laughs> just instead your just face. an elastic band around <laughs> it. Yeah, that'll look yeah.
0: awesome. Well, that was like some of the face masks and that you saw, you know, people getting creative over in America when it was really bad. I saw oh. one woman had a Buzz Lightyear helmet on, she got to the shops <laughs> and realized she didn't have a face mask, so she was like, Oh. My kid's Buzz Lightyear helmet's in the back, so she put that on and walked into the shop with a Buzz Lightyear. And we're like, yeah, no, that's all good. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever uh, works, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Might
1: see, might see a little bit of that out that way. Who knows?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, no, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. Real, just to walk around and, you know, see some of the animals, see what people are keeping and hopefully – I need to try and track down some green tree python breeders. So,
1: yeah, maybe. I don't know if there's going to be many. There's never usually any or many green tree pythons at these sort of expos. No,
0: there never is. And the problem is, is because they've got the import, you know, they've changed the import laws for New South Wales for mm. green tree pythons. So it's real hard to get, you know, anything from different states in now. So,
1: oh, I, I was trying. I was trying desperately when I was first getting into greens a few years back, I was trying desperately to get my hands on some from Russell Grant. because he had yeah. beautiful Aussies for, he had them sexed females for 800 bucks. And I was like, I'll buy three, four, you know, like <laughs> this is yeah. four years ago or something now. And I remember hitting him up, I was speaking to him on the phone and, you know, we were having like hour long conversations and stuff. And he was just going, you know, this is the problem is, it's so hard to because you have to get like a certificate. I can't remember You Have what to it get is. a
0: stat deck too. You have to get a yeah. stat deck signed. Yep. So you know, it's a yeah, lot it's of. A, I mean, apparently a few people have succeeded in getting stuff in recently. Yep. So I've been meaning to shoot a couple of people some PMs and just you know, just I just want to start tracking some stuff down because stuff like that's you know, um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be one of those things you go, oh, I want to get this and you can just get it, you know. Yeah. So I used to my I used to have um Michael Sermac line natives. So I was, spewing, I got rid of them. I don't know why I did, but um, one died. But you know, but um, yeah, trying to track down green tree pythons is. I mean, there's a few people that have them in New South Wales, but you know, it's just one of those things. I've got to try and start trying to find them because they'll take months to get. I reckon.
1: Yeah, they're not something you're gonna get overnight. No. That's something I actually want to do with migraines is I want to introduce UVB, John.
0: Yeah, right. That's not a bad idea, yeah. Mm.
1: So. I just want to toy around with that because, you know, people say that they change their their striping and stuff
0: under UVB. So Yeah, well, they can't really explain it because it's not recessive, that stripe to a degree, yeah. like it is, but it isn't. And then you see some animals with just a beautiful full stripe head to tail and then you see some that's got like patchy. Mm. My ones had white dots on like where the stripe would be, but it wasn't a full stripe. They had dots here and there, but, um, you know, they're that black tail tip, a beautiful black tail tip. But, yeah, stunning, stunning pythons. Yeah. I
1: even think if it was enough, like even if I did it for like, those those uvb tubes those t5s they do put out a bit of heat that's something that i don't like about them necessarily but even if you were to put it on for like three hours a day you know at the coolest point of the day yeah exactly you know yeah exactly but that's you know they could have a morning bask or whatever get a little bit of beneficial uvb imagine how long your tubes would last too if you're only running them for three hours a day that's like you'd probably get four years of uvb out of that one tube
0: yeah exactly so
1: at least it would be something you know rather than nothing just trying yeah. to up your game up up it further see what you can do better yeah that's yeah. right I'm already giving exactly the diamonds to UVB so I'm giving the diamonds a 5.0t5 above them
0: yep they love it oh, oh like yeah and no, I'll actually I'll actually seek it out too
1: yeah they get right up under I'm in particularly young ones. last
0: week yeah so yeah I right, I don't know if I mentioned it
1: last week. I can't remember what we talked about, but I had had the the globe had run out or burnt out for a bit, and I had it mm. maybe a week or so where I hadn't replaced it, and I put it back, put a new one back in, and within minutes they were up and oh, under. Right. Yeah, yeah right. they knew what was going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they don't like hundred percent need it. They'll they'll live and breed and do everything in there, but I definitely reckon they benefit from it. We can do better though, right?
1: Exactly. Like you know, right. if we can if we can give them the option of it, yeah, that's then it's right. up to them whether they use it or not. Yeah, definitely. It's just definitely. trying to make make it make them have access or give them access to as much natural things that they would actually have in the wild, or that many natural options that they would have in the wild. Yeah, I think these days I struggle when I see carpet pythons kept in things that they can't climb. Like I know it's only something that's super minor, but yep. I love being able to give them access to a branch. It doesn't even have to be off the ground that high, but even a foot off the ground, you know, like just having yeah. something they can actually perch on, I think it's a big thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I didn't always do it, but. Yeah. yeah, neither did I. I used to keep heaps of stuff in racks years ago, but, I mean, they have their place, I mean, you know. But, yeah, it, it all comes down to the individual keeper as well, what they prefer to. mm. Um, we both like to keep the same way, so it's just what we do. But we might be a little bit biased, I suppose. Then, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, yeah, you know. But that's, I, I but I notice a lot more people are going back to, you know, lower numbers and bigger enclosures and this and that. But, um, but yeah, it's all—it's a kind of preference. But at the end of the day, as long as the animals are healthy, you know. Yeah. If you keep it in a box and it's healthy, like it's better than, you know, keeping it in a large enclosure and it's not healthy, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do you reckon, mate? You've
1: got anything else to talk about?
0: Not really. I think I'm
1: ready to go have a shower and hit the hay. Yeah. You struggled Uh, to get the little one down, didn't you?
0: Yeah. It took uh, an hour and a bit, I think, it took. So, yeah, 5 to 10, nice early start in the morning. So, what about you? You got anything else? I think we covered most
1: of what we wanted to just kind of ramble on about tonight. Had a good yeah. book chat. That was a
0: good book chat. I like that. I mean, we could do a whole episode on books once I get my book bookshelf in there. We could talk about books for a whole episode, I reckon. You know what we'll have to
1: do, I reckon? I reckon for a book chat, if we're going to do it, we'll have to do like a-, a- live stream or something, like a video. Yeah. So yep. people can
0: see. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree.
1: I can go and set up in the in the library downstairs or whatever and-
0: yeah, show off well, all the like, books that aren't mine. If I get a bookshelf, I can just set it up behind me and be good to go. If we had video, Scott's library is insane, that book, bookshelves he's got behind him. I'd have yeah, a bookshelf. Book- he's got like four bookshelves behind him, four. Apparently, we could only see
1: half of it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was wiping up my dribble off the ground. I was like, Jesus, that's like unreal. <laughs> like, so yeah,
1: Impressive stuff.
0: Yep. That's anyway...
1: All right, mate. Well, uh, I'll sign us off here. Sounds Um, good. Cool. So, guys, we'd just like to say a big thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the NPR crew for having us. If you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.com and email them at info at moreliapythonradio.com. As far as contacting us in our social media platforms, you can email us at AustralianHerpticulture at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. For myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Teespring under Beach of Scaly Beasts. Uh, from both of us, we hope to have you back next week for another episode of the Australian Herpetoculture Podcast. Good night, guys.
0: Good night, guys.